little bit of Mark Anthony. Welcome, welcome to Miked Up on Ohm. I am your host, Mika Gadsden. That was a little Mark Anthony. All this week, I've been sending good vibes to Puerto Rico. As the people are taking to the streets and speaking up on behalf of um, of themselves, grassroots activism, and I love seeing so many different um, Puerto Rican celebrities lend their voices to amplify the cause. So I'm going to end the show with more on Puerto Rico. I just wanted to start with one of my favorite. You know, I'm a vieja, so I, I like some old Mark Anthony. So welcome to Mike Up. This is Mika Gaston. This is on radio, your non-commercial, non-profit radio station on 96.3 FM. On radio, we're here live at Workshop Studios, which is at 1503 King Street. And I'm here with a very, very special guest, and I'll let her introduce herself. Um, I'm Asia May. <laughs> and you know what? I shouldn't, you know, I don't like to assume pronouns. I'm sorry. Pronouns? Um, they are she, her, they, them. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much. I didn't want, I shouldn't have assumed that, but thank you so much, Asia. Asia May. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy you're here. It's a special week. Um, just so much going on. It's special in that yeah. there's so much going on. Um, also, I'm really, this is just me talking to you personally. I, I really do hope that we become friends. We're two Scorpio women, so I don't know how that works. I have <laughs> sometimes we're already friends in my head, right? So, so yeah, you, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so that's that's a good reason why um, this is a great week. But also, I'm gonna just go real quick. I'm gonna ask my friend here. Hold on, let me make sure his mic. What's up, Kev? What's up, y'all? My name is Kevin Woods. Um, I'm an intern at Ohm, and I just want to let y'all know again, and I've said this over the past five days, over and over. But it is Pledge Week. Um, Ohm Radio is a non-profit uh, radio station. That means we have a lot of money that we need to have. So um, if you donate just $10 or more, your name will be entered into a raffle to win a pair of tickets to one of these shows, and you'll get more chances for every $10 you donate. There is Jazz Meet the, Meets the Beatles on Saturday, July 7th, 27th at the Circular Congregational Church at 3 p.m. featuring jazz artists from New York, St. Louis, and San Antonio. And there will also be tickets from the Charleston Poor House in the raffle, Proxima Parada on July 24th, Danger Muffin on August 2nd, Nth Power on August 10th, and Robo Schema on September 1st. So go to www.omradio963.org and click the donate button. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing that heavy lifting, Kev. I appreciate you. All right. Um, and from time to time, we're going to take a little break and make sure that we reiterate that this is an important week here. So we want to raise money. We want, we want folks to just um, invest in OM so you can invest in programming. Hopefully, maybe Asia, Asia May, I might have a, a show on here one day. Hopefully. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can pre-record it. Yes. Okay. So, um, hold on. Do we have an update or anything? Yes. Okay. What's the update? What? So, an Allie Anderson just donated $50. So, we were at three. I can't do math. We were at three $3,646 for um, for own radio this this pledge week. But now we have $50. So, add that. <laughs> That's not, it's 90 Okay. So, 3696 <laughs> I can do that, Mom. <laughs> I do have math anxiety. I diagnose myself. All right. <laughs> All right, Asia. I know that this is usually we don't start like this, but thank you. Okay. I'm just happy to be here. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, Asia, just introduce uh, introduce yourself to the audience who may be listening to um, Mike Up for the first time. Um, well, I'm 
Asia May. Um, I consider myself somewhat of a poet. Um, a com- you are a poet. <laughs> uh, I'm a community curator um, with Ill Vibe the Tribe, and um, uh, recently um, I graduated from aesthetic school, so can I consider we, uh, myself a skin therapist. That? Can you call that? <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just out here in these streets, man. Yeah. No, I appreciate you. so humble. <laughs> and, then, you know, low-key, though, I remember seeing you before you even, before I even was, like, like like ten toes down on my activism um, gig when I was a wannabe blogger, Pink Verbena. I remember seeing you around because um, you used to rock the shortcut a lot. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I had my my like depression phase oh, for like two years. I would love that you are so candid about that because <laughs> I suffer from depression. I know when um when you and I were at Conjure sessions, I I kind of went there a little bit yeah. on my podcast. Um, but thank you for being candid about that because oh, yeah. we need to destigmatize de- mental health. Um, I'm bipolar two and um that's the, the number two not t-o-o <laughs> i'm bipolar <laughs> two um and also suffer from anxiety and oh, I, I had a rock bottom before i moved to charleston about five years ago it's crazy mm. it's like as much as i love charleston mm. charleston kind of triggers my depression mm. in a sense mm-hmm. so like i i have like anxiety and then depression so oh. It's like yeah. I get super, super anxious, and then I just be like, I'm, I'm laying here for three weeks. Uh, like, yeah. that's what it is. But I chopped all my hair off that time, mm-hmm. and it was like starting over, <laughs> figuring oh. it all out, and it's growing. Yeah, <laughs> as, as I'm sure, and I'm sure you're healing. And the thing about depression, I think, in mental health in general, it's not a, a completely up. People think I, I hate. I'm a little bit um sound like an old lady get off my lawn with this, but I hate this like romanticiza- romanticization of getting a therapist. Of, of having a therapist like I love that we get it uh, but I don't like the conversation around once I do this thing I'm healed kind oh of no thing. healing isn't linear no, there like, you go. it's not a <laughs> upward trajectory right like it's it's consistent on a daily basis mm-hmm. step by step like you know some days are better than others but I'm so grateful for the highs that they are more abundant than the lows that's great so so you're saying you're a curator and you also say that sometimes Charleston can trigger um, some of you, you know, but tell me what made you become like this? Because I know you as an artist, as a curator, um, as a creative person in general. Does that help you kind of deal with Charleston, or um, in a sense, yes? Mm-hmm. Because um, when we started Ill Vibe, it was because we saw that lack um, in the art scene, and it was like you know we went to art school and we were surrounded by art, and then mm-hmm. we were done with it, and it was just like all right, like. What are we doing? Mm-hmm. And we came into the art scene in this era where it was like there was streetwear going on. There was all these underground events. Like it felt mm-hmm. real jiggy. Mm-hmm. And then like <laughs> it just died. And it was just like, okay, like if I don't want to go to a brunch, and mind you, I don't. I don't. <laughs> like, Give me I, that high five, girl. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a heels girl. I'm, like, not, I'm not a dressed it up. Mm-hmm. Like if I can't be there in my sneakers, I don't really I feel like it. I used to like fake it. it. Go back to my Instagram about four years ago. I looked like a lollipop too. I was like, oh, little, I was skinny. Look. And I was like. <laughs> College for me was like trying. Yeah. Afterwards, I was just like, bro, I'm grown. Yeah, I don't I'm grown. have to. When you get to a certain age, <laughs> you become grown. Okay. But um, like. We we saw the need for these art based yeah. events, and we mm-hmm. were like, okay, like let's just do them, right? Like let's just right. get it out there and creating that platform, and even having that from time to time. Like it, there are times when it's just like, ugh, it's too much for me. Right. And then there are times like even in this season that we're in right now, it's like, all right, I'm back in the groove, I'm feeling it. Like my creativity often brings me out of it. Right. I think that's why I, I see. The thing is, I'm. I don't know. Again, I asked you this before. I don't know how people perceive me, but I'm not one thing. I refuse to be kind of put in a box. Oh no! I believe that I came. That's why I came from corporate corporate America or whatever, 
And so um, I'm, I'm an activist, but I like to use some sort of creativity um, to express. I, I don't know. People have to tell me whether or not I'm creative. I don't want to call myself that. I, I think you are because stuff you be doing on your Instagram stories, <laughs> oh. I'm just like, okay. I use um, Canva. That, like. I do too. I, that, yeah, but that's cool. Thank you because I'm trying. I'm trying to catch up with y'all <laughs> one day. But no, but um, it's very helpful. Creates, you, like Having a creative outlet is very helpful and expressing yourself. Like you said, I'm not a heels girl. I'm, I can be either or. I got... <laughs> I can kind of jump in and out, but more than more often than not, you're gonna find me some some Target jorts, um, look, and a free <laughs> shirt from the radio station that I took. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so what is uh, so what's going on? Oh, I wanted to speak to you. Let me get to the, the nitty gritty. I wanted to speak to you about two things: the art scene here in Charleston, because mm-hmm. that's kind of where we most recently um, we kind of crossed paths because we both were a part of a, an event here that I had my feelings about. Uh, and I was so happy to see that you were part of it and that you actually were there to perform your your art. So that was great. Um, the other part is, like, you, you're you from Columbia originally, right? Right. But you've been here in this area for how long in the Low Country? Um, I've been on and off for about 10 years. Okay. So, But you have roots here in, in the Palmetto State and specifically here. And so... Our, again, our, our worlds collided with this one art event. It was the um, it was the Cry Joy Park uh, exhibition at mm-hmm. Halsey. Um, I went on the night where they did is was called Reentry, which sounded so like I didn't know this was like an adult film. I didn't know like <laughs> what, and I was like, okay, no, this oh this okay, this is about prison reentering society. Okay, it was so misnamed. But you went on what night? Um, I went on the food justice night. Right. And, and you, I specifically chose that night good. to perform at. Oh, I kicked in the door. They didn't even invite me. I told them, <laughs> like, why are you having these events without a progressive voice? And they were so mad. <laughs> no, they weren't mad. Actually, Jessica actually was extraordinarily, extraordinarily receptive to me coming. But I did have to um, get my way in there. But on my night, I, I like the exhibit. Let me just say this. Visually, I think, is it Jen, um, what's her name? Jennifer Jen- Winma. Winma. I always say Ma Win. So Winma, she's a, a be- she's a brilliant artist. I think um, aesthetically and visually, her work is stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm never going to like, there's so much value in that. And I hope that she goes on to create create some really meaningful work. However, her taking on, coming to Charleston, she was a part of Spoleto at one point, And um, she noticed some c- cultural issues here. And she took on wanting to facilitate a dialogue through art about the systemic oppression and just different areas of oppression here. And that's where I think she ran into an issue because of the help she enlisted. Um, I love Jessica. I have an affection for Jessica, and I will continue to work with Jessica. However, I don't think that perhaps that marriage was the best marriage. This is my experience. I don't want this. This is not Asia. <laughs> this is me. Um, but on my night, it was particularly harmful um, it was a toxic environment. Um, she thought it was a great element to have us eat out of prison issue bowls mm-hmm. to, um, to, to exactly. I'm just looking at faces in here. <laughs> um, and just to clarify, uh, Jennifer Winma is, a, is, is of Asian descent. I did not get her uh, country of origin, which does not matter. She is a non-black POC. So, um, non-black person of color. So she wanted to tackle something like the uh, criminal justice system and because that disproportionately impacts um, black people I felt as if um, there were a few missteps yeah yeah I don't know on your night how was it for food justice um so it was interesting um, for me mm-hmm. just because 
I want to say there were maybe like five black people at the table. Oh. Um, I was really, really excited that um, Giovanni Richardson was there yeah. um, because she kind of led the whole conversation okay. um, because she came from that, like, you know, that opposing side, that understanding of like how Gullah people have been treating in the preservation work that yeah. she does. Yeah. Um, so it was great having her there to really like, you know, get in people's heads about yeah. stuff. Um but there was a lot of like I, I will say like white business owners right. um, from the food and bev industry, right. you know, in Charleston and people who probably perpetuate the problem. Maybe not everyone. I don't want to. I don't want to implicate everyone at the table. There was definitely someone there who um, said that you know him opening up his business um, led to a lot of the issues that are going on downtown, and he grapples with that a lot yeah. um, within himself. Right. But the conversation I, I was really glad that Giovanni led most okay. of it right um, so I didn't have that negative of experience right. I went um, specifically because again I I went on the food justice night because mm. I live in the Chicago Cherokee okay. area mm-hmm. um, you know explain they, where that is for people listening um, so it's they call it the neck now mm. and I hate that term <laughs> because whenever like one of the first signs of gentrification is them renaming oh yeah it. like yeah I, I live in Wadmala they want to call like, it Wadma or something I'm like no, no. it's Wadmala <laughs> don't disrespect the indigenous my hood is called the Macon <laughs> there you go that's how I know what it that's, is <laughs> that's where I'm at I'm on the Macon so, oh, so the so the calling it the neck is is a gentrified term yes. I didn't know like, that is is like and that's gonna no, get into our second topic but go ahead nobody <laughs> in my neighborhood you're never gonna hear them call it the neck like I didn't ever. know where that came I live from. on the making. Right. So <laughs> I went as an advocate for Fresh Future Farms oh, cool. um, and I wrote my poem about the farm Which is because dope. I was like, I need y'all to understand that like this is not a like, oh, somebody's just trying to start a farm and somebody's trying to take it away from it. Like, no, this is a act of violence taking away this farm in this area that so desperately needs it. Um so, you know, it got a lot of good reception, which is when I was right. invited to the panel to do the, the poem again yeah. as well. Um, so I didn't have the worst experience there. No, it's just it was a very familiar feeling of being like, you know, this black face in the room right. that's telling y'all like you were wrong. It, that part. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of getting fatigued with that, even though um, all I do is drink a little Gatorade and I'll get back in. <laughs> Lord knows I, I hold people accountable. So that's cool. Um, I, I'm glad you were in that room. And I think when we are in these spaces, our our very presence is a disruption, and they oh, yeah. have to they have to consider us. They have to confront us. Um, let me pause for real quick for some station identification. This is Miked Up on Ohm. I'm your host Mika Gadsden. I'm here with my my friend and my esteemed guest, the poet <laughs> Asia May. I want I want to clap this time, not just say woo. woo. <laughs> <laughs> let me stop. Courtney's gonna fire me. <laughs> uh, oh. <laughs> oh. oh, Courtney Tiffany from Boston, I'm intern. Oh, here. your your blonde hair uh, <laughs> <laughs> is beautiful. All right, sorry, inside joke. <laughs> this is Mike Up on Ohm. You're listening to um, Ohm Radio, which is recording live from Workshop, located at 1503 King Street. Uh, workshop is that you know that really nice uh, court court. <laughs> Food court. Anyway, this is Pledge Week. We're trying to get more foamies. Y'all calling them foamies? 
That's what's up. <laughs> I think James came up with that. Uh, we kind of get friends friends of Ohm, so we call them Foamies. Since we started today's show, we started off with a pledge update. Um, Ohm has been doing a dope job. They started the show with $3,646. Since then, during my show, I'm going to take responsibility for bringing in $100 personally because people tune in. <laughs> we got an extra $50 since, we, since, the, since the last update. This is Val Skinner. Shout out Val. Hey, hey, I hope you listen and download and all that other stuff. Kevin, can you just do one more pledge up, uh, one more pledge read? Cause I'm horrible at this, and, and Kevin is awesome because he comes from great parents. Go ahead. Oh wait, let me turn your mic up. Here we go. Hey y'all, my name's Kevin. By the way, <laughs> I'm an intern here. Um, just talking about how Ohm needs a lot of money. I work here actually six and a half hours on uh, Wednesdays and Fridays for absolutely no money. Stop plugging your show. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm volunteering my time. And if y'all want to do your part for Ohm Radio, all you got to do is go online, go on www.ohmradio963.org and click the donate button. Any donation counts. Um, you can donate $5 every month. You can donate $100 every year. You can do whatever you can. Just help us out. It keeps us on the air, live, local, and independent. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kev. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. What we're going to do, we're going to take a little quick break. We're going to reset. I'm going to come back with Asian May. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're, again, we're continuing um, just to uplift the people of Puerto Rico right now who are taking to the streets, who are trying to get that governor to go ahead and resign, which he won't, but hopefully they'll apply some more pressure. Just shout out to um, to my, my people in Puerto Rico. I'm going to play some old school. Again, I'm a vieja, so I like to play the old uh, Puerto Rican joints that I grew up with. Um, so we did some Mark Anthony. Now we're going to do some Frankie Cutlass for those from New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area. Y'all remember Frankie Cutlass from Hip Hop Radio. This is Om. This is Mika. <laughs>
Welcome back. Welcome, welcome back to Miked Up on Om. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden. That was a little love. Shout out to Puerto Rico. That was some old school 1990s. I'm the old lady in the room, y'all, just so y'all know this. I know my skin is amazing, but <laughs> I was born in 1980. All right, so, um, yeah. So we're going to lift up the people of Puerto Rico throughout the show and at the end have a little bit about If we don't run out, because you know what? I might have to just keep it going, going through the tape. I don't know. But I do want to lift up Puerto Rico maybe the last five minutes or so. Is the um, Harris Family Hour coming today? Okay, so I'm going to run up to five. <laughs> so y'all give me two hours one day. All right. <laughs> All right, so I'm here with my guest, Asia May. Asia May is a poet. Uh, I think she's a cultural curator. She's she's everything. She's a savant. She doesn't have any labels. We're not. I'm not a capitalist, so I'm not gonna put her in a box. I'm gonna let her do her thing. <laughs> What's up, Asia May? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and before we took a break, we were talking about. Um, we touched a little bit on gentrification, um, about these things being renamed. The last time I, I touched on gentrification here, it was in direct response to a local uh, initiative, an effort being led by a nonprofit. A black woman is the ed of that nonprofit so i want to hold space and respect her and her her work i know she is doing some amazing work i know personally i've done my research i know friends who are in her lane i know friends who work with her alongside her so this is no way about a personal attack on that ed or um any other black people who are literally just trying to help at the same time we know that impact versus intention we know that that's a thing so even if you're a black face and you're a well-meaning black person if you're perpetuating harm or you're you're doing something that can cause harm potentially um we need to call it out and so um the last time i had an, uh, a show i had my friend aj on here we were talking about nonprofit culture here the nonprofit industrial complex here in charleston and that relationship between that industry and gentrification here um we cannot separate the two so even some of your faves um, and I'm going to name them. I'm gonna, oh, I can't name them because some of them actually <laughs> have shows on this channel. I'm on this, on this radio station. But there's some, um, some that reference a certain treat. Um, <laughs> nonprofits that, you know, your fave nonprofits that, that's just uh, doing a lot of work in the neighborhood. Um, so, Asia, you went to an event this past week. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to call it out. It's the, it was the miseducation of gentrification. Right. Um, first of all, I want to say that that name right there is is the first um, harmful act um, to imply that poor people or people impacted by gentrification are miseducated. That implication alone is harmful. It's um, denigrating. It's disrespectful to the people who've lived. Um, who might, even if they don't use that word, they know full well what gentrification is. Um, they also uh, used iconography that's most closely associated with the artist uh, Lauren Hill. They took an iconic album cover and they rebranded it. So again, you're using techniques and ploys to speak to black people, you, you, you know, and trying to, to bring them in um, and educate them. I'm using air quotes, educate them about gentrification. How was this? You went on night two. I went on night one at Burke. You went on night two. Where was night two held? Um, night two was held at Chacor Elementary. Not the old Chacor, but okay. the new Chacor Elementary. Okay. Um, out there on the corner. Okay. And um, it's interesting because I didn't plan on going to the event, mm-hmm. um, but I noticed it was in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, let me go see it's what's convenient. up. Yeah. Because I had only seen it on social media. And that's the first issue that I had. There you go. Because there you go. 98% of my neighborhood is elderly. Right. Like, yeah, there are teens and whatnot, but like most, most people are elderly. So they're not using the internet. So they had no way to know that this was going on. So let me just pivot. And I'm trying not to talk too much. That's a key point because 
the people they enlisted to to be the face of this event are quote unquote social media influencers as opposed to organizers, activists, or just on the ground grassroots leaders or just citizens of that area. These are just influencers on on Instagram, correct? Uh, for the most part. Yeah, from what I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> so they enlisted those people to be the face of that, um, to be an ambassador for uh, Charleston Promise neighborhood. And this is the offshoot of a, a, a committee. I know how this works. Um, they usually have committees. They'll create this mechanation um, to to, to kind of just, if they have an issue with uh, diversity, sometimes they create committees with black faces so it looks like they're working on diversity. So these young people... Um, our Instagram influencers, you didn't even hear about this in a mailer or anything? Not at all. I, the only mm-hmm. sign that I saw up in my neighborhood that mm-hmm. was actually printed out was at Fresh Future Farm. Okay. Um, which a lot of people in my neighborhood are still getting to know that Fresh Future Farm is there. They had a, yeah. um, I actually had my neighbor the other day, you know, and I was talking to him about the farm just, you know, mm-hmm. casually at the yes. mailbox. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, somebody black on that farm? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... You know, y'all don't laugh at me. I'm, that's <laughs> Keep it together. You know what? But you know, it was it was it was interesting <laughs> to me that like a lot of a lot of the people in my neighborhood they they are so set in their ways that you know like they go to their set spots. They're not out here like you know. Let me look at what's happening to the neighborhood. They just see it when it pops up. Right. So the fact that that farm has been there for five years, a lot of them still don't know about that. So they're not in there. So and that's the, and that's indicative of the black people, especially in Charleston. We're we're dealing putting out fires. Um, so to speak, every damn day. Like, if we're not trying to get a job and to feed ourselves and feed our families, we're not always able to pay attention to a lot of things going on. So that's great that that, that just further explains what people are up dealing with over there in the making, as you call it, correct? Correct. Okay, <laughs> so how was your night there? Um, So it started off, I already felt weird going in there because when I looked around the room, most of the the vendors that were set up were white. Oh, so they had vendors there in this elementary. I don't yeah. know if they were necessarily vendors. I know that they non-profits, were there. Yeah, nonprofits giving out information. So, right. you know, they were mostly white. I saw maybe three or four black faces in mm-hmm. there. Okay. Um, so then they started these Petra Kucha style, um, like, presentations. Mm. Um, I wonder, What's his name? I think it's Mike Miller. Um, He he was there. He was great. He gave Uh, great information. He uh, talked to people about knowing about their deeds and heirs' property and stuff like that. Okay. Oh, Um, this is the register of deeds. Recently elected Mike Miller, right? Yeah. Register of deeds. I love Mike. He cuts my hair. Right. He's dope. I know his family too. (laughs) Family. Yeah. 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 yeah, I got you. But he, you know, he gave out good information. But most of the speakers who were up there weren't giving out information that was necessarily needed. There was another lady um, who was talking about how she. Um, helps people figure out um, heirs' property as well. Okay. That's um, so that was great because I know a lot of people in my neighborhood do have issues with heirs' property. Mm-hmm. But then they had these breakout sessions. and Oh, this is different from my night. The breakout <laughs> sessions, first of all, when I hear breakout session, I think discussion. Mm-hmm. And it was people talking to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and they the first thing that was wrong <laughs> for mm-hmm. me was that there were two white ladies from the city of Charleston talking to us the about government yes oh talking to us about things that they've done in the city of charleston and i was really glad that um one of the elders in the room spoke up and was just like you know why are y'all here where are our city officials there you go so our city official well somebody from the, the city of north charleston right. I, mean, I know his name is adam okay um, i got you but he gets up there and he starts talking and you could tell he's being like backed in because he had been um 
people have been asking him, like, you know, what are y'all going to do for the kids? Mm -hmm. Like, what are y'all going to do the things that were promised to us (laughs) years ago? Right. And he had another guy come up, Omar Muhammad, Mm -hmm. who starts going on this tangent about a timeline that a lady asked him about. And I had to cut him off. And I was just like, so the timeline doesn't exist. So Omar was on on our panel, too, at the. Exactly. mm -hmm, Right. And that's what also made me look at him funny because I was just like, you were just on this panel preaching to black people about the things that we need to do yet you're in cahoots right and that's what kind of threw me off too and he didn't really um no shot everyone i you don't understand um in my the work i do um a lot of people mention that oh you need to work with this person this person they kept mentioning some of the names and uh, and see that they don't understand like not every black person that's working in philanthropy or philanthropy adjacent we're not all on the same agenda and i think we you, the event like this charleston promise neighborhood event um show it illustrates that further like it's not just about being monolithically black we all have different ways we approach and see problems so yeah that's a shame you did cut him off or you did be able you were able to rebut what he was saying well because right. my yeah. thing is i i noticed that a lot at events too that mm-hmm. when it comes to topics like gentrification Mm -hmm. or anything like that um where black people are voicing their opinions Mm -hmm. then the people who are in charge tend to talk over them rather Mm -hmm. than giving them a chance to speak right and not only that they talk to them like they don't know what they're talking about like Mm -hmm. i may not have the most educated vocabulary but i can clearly see what's going on in my neighborhood and know that it's not benefiting me right absolutely you don't and you don't need degrees i always say that that that's um that's how we have to decolonize a lot of these spaces, especially work like that. Um, whether it's grassroots or grass tops, we need to decolonize that. You do not need credentials and degrees to be able to articulate your pain, your trauma, and to speak truth to power, to challenge power. And we have to get over that, too. Um, so thank you so much. First of all, I just want to acknowledge, I know that was emotionally like laborious to go in that space. <laughs> and like, It no had me heated for yeah. like days on end. Like, I have a headache just I, like thinking about it. I'm a firm believer in not going to bed or waking up angry, but I was hot. <laughs> like I was mad. Yeah, you hit me up like, oh, I got to talk about this. And I'm like, come on through. You Absolutely, know, it, it hurts my feelings for so many reasons. Like you know, like I said, I'm not from here, mm-hmm. but for majority of my time in Charleston, I've lived on the making. Right. Like not just in my house, but in other houses around. Like I lived and worked in. Yeah, the I, I lived yeah. and worked in that mm-hmm. area. So I see what's going on, and I know that people have this thing about like. I think this is a good idea for you instead of asking people what they need. Right. There you go. Right. And I'm like, why? And I said that at mine, my first night at Burke, I said, you should have started with a listening session. You should have just did a, a round table and it could have been exhausting. It would have been hard to hear, but you should have just listened to black but people. But they need to be uncomfortable. Right. You don't live over here. You don't understand that we're uncomfortable most days right. with everything that's going on. Right. So you can't come in my neighborhood and tell me <laughs> gentrification it will actually benefit you when from what I've seen with gentrification, none of that's happened. No. I don't need it to benefit my like, you know, the people who come in this neighborhood right. after me. I need right. it to benefit the people here right. now. There you go. All right, let's pause real quick for station identification. For those just tuning in, this is Miked Up on Ohm. I'm here with my girl, Asia May, a poet, a artist, creator, uh, excuse me, curator uh, here, um, just talking about both her work and, but more recently, uh, she attended a uh, the Miseducation of Gentrification event held at Chikora Elementary. Um, and uh, we're just really talking about and trying to unpack that event, that initiative, uh, and the harm that it potentially can cause to, to black folks and, co- and folks of color. Uh, this is OM Radio. This is 96.3 FM OM Radio, broadcasting live from 1503 King Street here at Workshop uh, Food Court. 
Um, it's also Pledge Week. I'm not going to go to a script. No, no. <laughs> I'm not going to go to a script right now. Um, in a minute, maybe like in like eight minutes, we'll do the script. But we are looking for help. Um, any more come in? No? Okay. So, yeah, we are looking for people to help pledge and support OM. Uh, and we'll read from that script again. We had Kevin already um, uh, read from the script about how you can help. But I will say, please visit OM Radio. Uh, on radio 963.org <laughs> Jesus please go to there y'all and just find out more about how you can help um but uh okay let's hop back into that real quick so let's bring it back to um to me and you and somebody who's not in the room um <laughs> the the issue that I'm having here in Charleston as as an activist as a as someone who's who's just trying to, to to really challenge power. This has become personal, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only bringing this up on the radio station because we have to understand when, when we're doing harm, go ahead and take that L that, when you've been called yeah. out. Because you haven't just been called out by Asia May, Mika, AJ, uh, Benny. You've been called out. Like I've talked to teachers. I've been in schools talking to principals who laugh at this event. I've been to, um, I've been at Nana's and... I've heard people say, nah, I don't understand what they mean by this. Like, I've heard people, you also brought up the word, the neck. They're using that language, which is the language of, of those, the developers and people who are trying to rename these communities and erase the legacy and the tradition of people of color. I've heard so much sentiment. I've got my inboxes full of people who are like, I don't know about this. So it's not, this is not personal. For those who are tuning in, um, this is not about Instagram. This is not about Twitter. This is about community. And when you're wrong, you're wrong. And when you're out here perpetuating harm and causing more harm by digging in your digging in, and I don't know, I don't care who your uncle is, I don't care how many Instagram followers you have, I don't care how many yachts you well and Shim Creek you on. I don't, and that is a dig. Um, that is a sub. I don't really care about that because Mika's put her money where her mouth is, literally. Um, and also, I've been out there in these streets, literally. Risking my life, so I, I I've never flexed like that, but I will flex today. So this ain't about that. This ain't about your cocktail dress and your shop, you know, and, and, and your cute outfits at the Bennett Hotel, which is racist as hell. Um, oops. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, well. It's okay. It's okay. Let it out. Um, <laughs> I had a personal experience at the Bennett Hotel regarding um, a dress code policy that was only being enforced on black bodies, so that's there anyway. So um, this ain't about all of that. When you're wrong, you're wrong. Um, we're so fortunate to have somebody who's not here bringing us stats um, and statistics from, um, and it's a joke, y'all. I know y'all are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, and I was so happy to hear uh, Letitia, who was on our panel, she referenced the um, a couple years ago, the Avery, along with the College of Charleston, where they won in the same, essentially. Um, they commissioned a study, the State of Racial Disparities in Charleston County, South Carolina. From uh, It's a study that spanned the years uh, 2000 to 2015. This study uh, covers everything from policing, education, health disparities, I'm assuming. And um, it's free. And it's free. It's online. Like this, I'm looking at a very beautiful bound copy of this, of, of this study. Um, but, but basically, this is what I, I lean on these numbers. Um, I lean on a lot of stuff. I leverage the archive of the city. I leverage the archive at the Avery um, regarding what's going on here. And um, what I, now I'm gonna make y'all read. Just just so y'all understand, I have one page that's been dogged here. Um, basically, it's the page that covers the cost of rent, and we can see the evolution or the the increase in rent 
rental prices here. We know that Charleston is the number one gentrifying city in America. I was very surprised and shocked to hear this. Um, there is no affordable housing. The, the pages that I'm on talk, talks about housing affordability. I'm going to read a quote from this part. Um, housing, whew, housing is affordable when no more than 30% of a household's annual income is spent on housing costs. Uh, this includes mortgages, rent, utilities, insurance, and other associated housing exp ex expenses. Uh, the traditional definition of housing affordability does not factor in transportation costs, which can add an additional, and I didn't, I never thought about that, which can add an additional 15% of the cost of housing. And see, that's important here because Charleston's public transportation system is not, is no bueno. Um, so there are a number of graphs here, and basically they define what housing affordability is. Me, anecdotally, my unscientific research knows because I can't afford to live <laughs> downtown, um, at least not alone, um, we know that the housing rate, the rental rates are sky high. I know so many grown folk with great jobs who have roommates. Um, because oh, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. We had to have a roommate for a few months yeah. just to, like, you yeah. know, get ourselves back on. And ain't no shame in that. Like, yeah, it's like, like it, it is what it is. Yeah. And I I live in one of the least expensive houses in my neighborhood. My wow. rent is seven twenty five a month. Wow. Like, wow. I the, the yeah. house that I used to stay in two streets over from where I'm at now, when I stayed there, it was $800. If you wow. look up that house now, it is $1,200 to rent. A three-bedroom and a one-bathroom. Wow. Like, That's and a, it, yeah. it, it, it baffles me but i understand it because it's it's all planned if you look at downtown where where it starts like where the where it's really getting gentrified yeah. at and then you look at park circle we are prime real estate mm -hmm. right smack dab right. we're that ugly little spot mm -hmm. that they don't they, like so right. they're doing everything that they can right. to move those people out like and that's also too from, from those who listen to previous shows we know that over there uh, near gas and green those projects over there they're at risk because developers want to take uh take have taken aim at filling in that last bit of uh four acres uh, there and again, there. This is prime real estate. It might not look great to y'all, and it's been. It looks like that for a reason. That's called disinvestment. Um, and I wish, I really wish the organizers of this event, of this these, this series of events, would really read the color of law and read the disparity study, um, the state of racial disparities here in Charleston County. I, I really wish that they would. Um, I it, they don't understand that they're doing the bidding of the developers. If you look at the board construction of Charleston Promise neighborhood, it has developers on the board. So how can the person that is looking to develop Charleston and in black and brown and poor communities, how can that person actually actively try to keep people in their homes? It doesn't make any sense. There's no yeah. way that you can look at that <laughs> Thank you so disparities much. report, which, mm -hmm. you know, people have people keep saying like, I've seen the report, I've seen the report. <laughs> There's no way that you can look at that report mm -hmm. and still support something in a neighborhood right. where a city official can sit in a room with people from that neighborhood right. and tell us, it's not like people are starving here. There are grocery stores. Wow. Is he talking about like a corner store? But look, I, Ugh. oh my gosh. I, I literally, I map quested <laughs> the other day because I was just like the, what is considered a grocery store in my neighborhood um, it's called the Community Grocery. Mm. It's more like a corner store, but it's still a 19-minute walk from my house. Oh, I'm glad you did that. I'm glad you did the math on that. Oh, yeah. Look, I was just like, I'm I'm not coming up in here mm. spitting off the top of the dome. I'm coming with facts right. because facts cannot be. Right. <laughs> you can't tell me that a fact is not a fact when it's there. It's on paper. Right. Like, and I have two corner stores by my house, but that that does nothing. And people don't understand, like, so you're telling people to that that 
that the corner store, the bodega, essentially, you're telling us that that's um, that's uh, tantamount to a grocery store when we know it doesn't have the the, the um, fresh produce, perishables. It doesn't have any produce or or uh, meat, cheese. Um, or dairy items, not not a, a wide array of that. Of that, I'm sure it's like some of the produce too is not an expansive um, selection. And um, I think people need to understand that we're being forced to eat a lot of processed foods that oh, lead yeah. to things that we're all dealing with as a community. So let me ask you this: What would you tell the, the folks that are organizing and, and going to probably have a series, a third, a third part, and a fourth part? What would you say to these folks? You need to do your research before you come into these neighborhoods spewing off things that you claim to know about to people who actually live this. Mm -hmm. You need to involve people from that area because there's no reason that I need to be sitting listening to city officials from the city of Charleston Mm -hmm. who has gentrified that entire area Mm -hmm. that used to be 95% black. And you don't think that people are supposed to be afraid or frightened? Yeah. And you need... You need to quit bullying people <laughs> online Thank who you. speak their voices about these things because they understand yes. and they know where it's coming from. Right. And I'm going to say this. Okay, so, and I love telling people where I'm from because they, I don't play in that come your bin your, uh, that, that beef stuff. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a both. <laughs> All right. Um, so, basically, um, born and raised in Jersey, finished high school in Charleston County at St. Andrews High School. I'm a, I'm a St. Andrews rock. <laughs> it doesn't even exist anymore. Um, went back up to Jersey City. So that's just like a stone's throw across the Hudson River from New York City. Got my undergrad. Went to Rutgers for my, my master's. Didn't finish that. But um, that's my story. Then lived in Philly for 10 years. Have a twin brother who did finish high school with me in Charleston County, but went on to Chicago. has been in Chicago since he graduated college in 03. I've lived, worked, and visited these areas, Chicago, Philly, northern New Jersey, so Jersey City, Newark, Irvington, East Orange, New York City. I've worked in these areas. I've had friends and family pay taxes in these areas. I've listened to people talk about gentrification for years. And and with my brother specifically, my brother was able to buy a home at the age, I think, 23, because the city where he was in the part of Chicago, they had a subsidy program. So if you go through this program and you promise to stay in your house for about seven to ten years, you are eligible to get this 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 um have, like he bought a home for eighty thousand dollars. That's his first home, right? And in Chicago, right? And forget what you heard, it was a great little neighborhood, but it was a black neighborhood that had a lot of abandoned buildings. They made it so that black owner homeowners could actually live there. They created a subsidy and programs that put black people in the homes there. If you're gonna do work about gentrification. And you want to talk about urban renewal and you want to use Jay-Z and Beyonce and buy back the block. and all. You don't even know what you're talking about. Because if a black person gentrifies, it's still harmful. What you need to do exactly. is demand that the city, the county, create these programs that refurbish and renovate these abandoned homes or these dilapidated homes. And, and they go through a program. Maybe it's a program where, you you know, it takes a year. It's a certain, Whatever it is, you go through a program, but you can own a home in there. And when you have these programs, let it be known to the people in the neighborhoods, especially in neighborhoods like mine, where most of the area is elderly. You have to go knock on these people's doors. If you're going to claim to be some sort of activist, then you need to grassroot it. Go knock on people's doors, invite people to things, let people know where stuff is. Yeah, And 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 the other thing, too, have enough self. One thing about Mika, Mika knows who she is, right? I'm self-aware to know that what I'm not. I'm not a socialite. If you're not an activist, chill out. Don't try to tell somebody who knows what they're talking about what to do. Like you said, it is bullying at this point, and it's just it's, it's just it's cute. 
Um, but you can't even hold your head high at, at, a, at, a, at a festival, at a music festival, and look me in my eye and say hi the proper way. So I, so I know you ain't about that life. And I'm not an activist. I don't claim uh, yeah. no. to be any no. sort. This That's type fine. of the 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 type of work that comes out of right. what I do just it, it right. comes from me being me. I don't claim to be any type of activist, but I know right from wrong. Right. And I'm not about to sit there and let wrong right. be continuously done right. and let people profit off of it while these people suffer. Right. So that's just my two cents on the matter. Um, hopefully these people start reading books. Hopefully they'll stop uh, denigrating people who do read books. Um, hopefully they'll get a library card. Um, and I'm being very petty right now. Hopefully that, um, you know, you know, hopefully they just stop trying to disown everything. They're being like, this is really. And if you ever want to talk about it, my inbox is open. Oh, I yeah. am open to conversation except on the Lord's Day because then I'm praying <laughs> it all the way. Oh, absolutely. And I live on Wamala too, so you can come down to Wamala. We can go and <laughs> have fun. I'm, I'm always there. Um, So, yeah, that's my little spiel. But I'm going to take another break. I'm going to play um one more track. Just a, I'm going to play a half a song. Let me see what I want to play. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna, oh yeah, I'm gonna play this one. They're just trying to lift up Puerto Rico a little bit. Um, so I'm gonna take a little half a little break. This is Mika Gaston. I'm here with Asia May and somebody else who will not be named. We're talking about uh, just okay. life here, <laughs> cultural <laughs> cultural impacts here in Charleston, um, both art and you know some other stuff. So thank you so much. Just hold tight. We'll be right back. I'm really awkward with my transition. Let's see if I can. All right, this is Mike Up on Om. This is Mika. That was a reggaeton break. I am a vieja. I know, right? Uh huh. You know, I used to have a Peruvian boyfriend. What's up, Hector? <laughs> Let me stop. All right. <laughs> nah, but um, 
Yeah, this is mic'd up on OM. We're talking everything from gentrification to art and really just uh, asserting ourselves as black voices on these airwaves, uh, asserting ourselves. And in, in, in I, what I haven't seen enough here at Charleston, I'm not saying it didn't exist. It probably just didn't take, take shape in certain forms where I'm in tune with. But I love that black people are, are being more empowered. If I don't do anything, I do hope I give someone license, not permission, but give them license and, and like the go-ahead to just speak up when you feel like something is not right and something is missed. All too often, the powerful here in Charleston have just been run roughshod over black people, uh, Spanish-speaking folk, poor people, queer people. And it's time for us to really start to challenge that. Um, can you give me a, uh, Kevin, can you just give a, a quick, a shortened version of the script of what we're doing this week here at OM? I got you out. Oh, 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 let me help you out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be super short. Okay. But basically, it's Pledge Week at OM Radio 963. Um, if you go on www.omradio963.org and click the donate button, any donation counts. Um, that just keeps us live and on the air, and it keeps us independent, unlike all of the other uh, news organizations in Charleston currently. So oh, thank yes. you. That's right. No Sinclair here. Oops. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Kev. I'm going to turn your mic off, not because I don't like you. All right, so basically, um, the other thing, too, um, we were talking during the break about, like, when we do say something, when we speak up, people start to come to us, and either they, they, they kind of either join our side or they feel offended i know i've had someone i had someone trying to get a bunch of black people call me and collect me on behalf they got the acceptable blacks say hey why is mika talking about my organization um you can't no one can, no one can check me boo so um except trudy and benjamin gadsden they can do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. i honestly think the real issue is accountability there with people like people don't want to be held like accountable for so things and when you do then it's like oh my god you're attacking me mm-hmm. but it's like I'm not attacking you by telling you what's wrong because right. you're supposed to be for us all. You right. you love us all for real, right? right? Right. So if you if you love me and I I'm supposed to love you because we're supposed to be brothers and sisters, we should be able to have these conversations right. without you being upset with me. Right. Absolutely. Accountability is a huge. I'm so happy you used that word. Yeah, that's all it is, and it's, it's like uncomfortable. Favorite word. Right. <laughs> when I cause harm to a person, because um, I I did call and it, I don't think particularly was the most egregious act, but when I didn't communicate effectively and I and I hurt someone, I ask them well what let me tell me how I can make this right and I publicly put a post up about how I caused harm to that person I wanted to disclose that person's name but they did not respond to me um and so um it, it you know but that's fine you know you don't have to accept my apology but I always have leaned into accountability it's hard taking L's is really hard especially publicly but when you're wrong when you're out of your depth and you're perpetuating more harm, go ahead and take that L. Um, Before we wrap up, again, I want to restate. I wanted to play a clip, but I'm not going to have time. I wanted to lift up what's going on in Puerto Rico right now. We know that the government is under scrutiny. Um, The governor specifically of Puerto Rico, it was uh, recently disclosed that there was a group chat that he was a part of where he expressed homophobic um, and misogynistic among so many different other types of slurs in a group chat with other government officials, um, also talking about the victims of Hurricane Maria. So the people took to the streets last week and this week, um, not just in San Juan, but throughout the whole uh, area, throughout all of Puerto Rico. And so I just want to just hold space for uh, our our fellow citizens over there Mm -hmm. um, who do not get to have representation, who do not get to have their voices heard, who have, who's, the island right now is being disinvested in in a way so, so that corporate interest can come eventually and, and take it and for their own use and um, we've seen Puerto Rico go through so much since the first slave ship dropped out there and also um, you t- any so many so many things have happened to the people of Puerto Rico so I want to lift them up and that's why we played a lot of Puerto Rican music today um, so I won't be able to play the clip but I wanted to just hold space 
um, Asia May and I were talking about art here and um, it's important for people listening to this show to understand that white folk do not own historical memory here um, it is a shared history here um, our black history is usually co-opted and taken from us and hidden from us um, and I like to use the Charleston Activist Network platform to uh, kind of sometimes uncover some of that hidden history um, and expose things and one thing that came in my inbox because believe it or not I don't just pop off a lot of people send me things all the time and what, hap- what came into my inbox today by way of a Walterboro resident, someone who's a historian, someone who's very connected, and I will not disclose their name, but what they did was put me on game to a new low country food festival that's evoking, uh, that's using the phrase Gullah Geechee cuisine. And I saw some of my favorite black uh, Gullah chefs affiliated with this um, event, but I found out that they did not know about all of the details. So basically... Uh, is it the Fusky Island? I hate to say it wrong. The, I think it's the Fusky, how they pronounce it colloquially. But uh, the Fusky Island Vibes and Tides is the name of the uh, of the festival. It's basically picture fire fest for, um, but picture upperly mobile, wealthy white yacht going yacht having white folk taking over a Gullah Geechee region. Um, and having a, some sort of festival. The price for the past for the weekend pass is $799. Ooh. And they are slapping Gullah all over it, but this is a white event. The proceeds go to an organization. When I dug deeper, I found that the organization was just them. Um, wow. So thank, I was told to thank Kiowa, right, but they slapped Gullah on it. And we've seen this with Reverie Brewery with the Gullah Cream Ale or whatever it's called. Mm. We've seen this with the Geechee Boy Grits, which is a white-owned, um, a white-owned grits manufacturer. Um, the, the bastardization, I'm saying it word kind of fu- funky, but the way they're bastardizing Gullah culture is offensive. And I want to call out the Dufusky Island Vibes and Tides event for your uh, egregious misuse of the Gullah culture. Um, and if you did not inform, I, w- I would hope that some of these black chefs start to speak up about this price. Um, they have black people's uh, images in some of the marketing. But then when you go to the website, it's all white. Um, this is all about tourism dollars. If people do not know that there's a huge tourism, there's a there's a pot of money um, in and around tourism, and um, a lot a lot of people are laying claim to that by trying to trying to really get money that's really supposed to go to black and brown people who are descendants of Gullah culture. And so it's going to lead to more land being seized, more land being taken from black folk down there. So I want to lift up the work of, of Queen Ket. Um, I want to lift up the work of those who are trying to keep uh, certain islands black and keep them uh, traditionally Gullah Geechee. But I want to again say that the the Dufusky Island Vibes and Tides event is an egregious misuse of Gullah uh, culture and it's not a color food festival because none of the proceeds go to any black organizations or people and um, shame on you for having a 799 ticket price that is uh, cost prohibitive and wrong and I just wanted to say that we have five minutes left though and I just wanted to Asia I wanted to let's, let's go let's just keep talking <laughs> for like the next five minutes um, when you hear stories like that of people taking the culture here and using it I don't know how do you feel living in Charleston is <laughs> I, it's gross. It like, gross. it's a really gross feeling. Like, you know, I am not um, Gullah Geechee by Charleston Association. Right. Like, my father does have um, family from the Taipei Islands, right. so we Gullah in that way. Right. Well, um, it's in your blood. Yeah, yeah. you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, my, my best friend 
Gullah Geechee, <laughs> the love of my life. Yeah. He's Gullah Geechee, right. like you know. <laughs> um, so it it means y'all been live the whole time. Oh yeah. Oh good. <laughs> good. But you know, it 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 it's disgusting to see how they do people. And it, I I was telling somebody the other day, I was like, it's like we're living in a bad Disney Channel movie. It really is. With like <laughs> the really way that is. they the way that they're so blatant yeah. with the disrespect, like they don't try to hide it. That's the like, thing, blatant. Like yeah, mm-hmm. they don't they don't try to hide yep. what's going on. And it's basically like you know you this is what's gonna happen and you just have to deal with it but we don't we don't we don't and even and the people like um a lot of people say well what do you do to me girl and i do do things for those who don't know but but i what i tried to tell people this too because somebody um from that group that associated with that charleston promise neighborhood they posted something last week that if you uh complain without solutions you're just whining and i'm like that's absolutely gross. that's gross and that's how they use that's how they, that's the that's a weapon they use to quiet and silence poor people the fact that you're on this show today speaking up and saying no you can't do this even if you don't stop the 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 you know the tidal wave of gentrification and, and oppressive forces the fact that you stood up and you have it on the record and that this podcast will be reposted and shared among <laughs> <laughs> across my, the fact that you spoke up is enough and it, I, it, I i will say that to everybody else especially yeah. the marginalized people yeah. you know in charleston and other areas like charleston you do not have to have the solution to problems that you didn't cause that, that, come on you no. do not have to have the solution no. in order to say something how would you they exactly. so complicated and it took place like oh, centuries ago half the stuff <laughs> like how you supposed to solve it look speak your mind do not let these people silence you and know that you got people that's right. gonna back you regardless that's right and exactly that and listen to i think listen to our elders you mentioned that earlier oh yeah sitting at the feet of our elders is gonna be the key mm-hmm. to progressing mm-hmm. Like, they may not have gotten it 100% right, but we can take what they did get right and progress from that. Right, absolutely. And I always say this whenever um, I'm asked to, to come to a, maybe a predominantly white-led organization. Oh, Tamika, can you come and speak on this? And I always point to Septima Clark. I always point to Ella Baker, Fannie Lou Hamer. Um, you could just name them on and on. So many women who've come before us who've already done the work. Either we've deviated from it or we forgot them or, or we covered them up. So it's important that we look to our elders, look to our um, those in history, and not try to reinvent the wheel. Um, and we need to listen to each other. Chill out with the likes and the and the social currency, the social media currency of likes and, and metrics. Let's get away from that. And you know what? If you get chin checked, it's okay. It's all right. You right. know, it's like playing basketball or you know outside like it's it's cool we know we ain't no ref here we good a couple you know hard fouls but let's come back to the table hopefully it will start a conversation i hope so and i'm like i said i'm completely open to dialogue <laughs> i have no problems with it we can sit down and we could talk civilized as well Absolutely. but the bullying in yeah. this in this era and, and everything that's going on look, it's, yeah. it's gotta stop and it's gonna stop you look insecure <laughs> by the way because you're out of your depth and we're telling you we're trying to throw you a lifesaver and you just you look you look foolish. Um, and even if you're getting validation from the powers that be, um, you should listen to your own people who are telling you you're out of your depth. Um, uh, but yeah, I think we're in good company now that I know that. <laughs> I think I'm in good company because I feel alone sometimes. But uh, as we wrap up uh, again, I want to lift up the folks of uh, Puerto Rico. Please make sure you tune in. Um, also, remember that we have folks um, being held, asylum seekers being held at the Al Cannon Detention Center. Please lift up the work of me, Malatine. Also, check out my homie, Fernando Soto, his work. Listen to his uh, our Latinx uh, community members. Um, let's lean on them. Let's support them and take our cues from them. Go ahead, one more. Oh, and um, <laughs> before I forget, yeah. um, please go to kickstarter.com. Ooh. Look for um, yes, Jermaine. Um, 
the Fresh Future Farms, please donate to that Kickstarter. She has until August the 22nd to raise $60,000. If you do nothing else today, go there, go to OWN Radio, donate to causes that really matter. Thank you. Thank you, Asia May. <laughs> Thank y'all. Until next time, lift up the people of Puerto Rico and stay black. Tonight.